What's going on with y'all? You're listening to Yusuf and Bakar with the Appearance Podcast, where we bring a global perspective to you. What's going on, y'all? On today's episode, we have our good friend, Karen. She's actually from Kenya. She loves to travel. She actually has her own blog. And today she's going to talk about Kenya and why it's important to travel in Kenya and why it's important to get on, get on the bucket list. Karen, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Yeah. Karen, so what part of Kenya are you from? Oh, yes. I'm from the eastern province in a small town called Luanda. Uh, it's very like village, like small town. Not much happening, to be honest. What's it like uh, growing up in a village in Kenya? Like, what was your childhood like? It was beautiful, to be yeah. honest. It was beautiful. Even though we didn't have right. money in the sense of money, we had land that was my grandfather's land, so no one could kick us off of it. Because you said money in the sense of money. Uh, what do you mean by that? Uh, could you just reiterate? Like in capital, we didn't have a lot of cash. You know, we couldn't okay. go and buy a plane ticket very easily or anything like that. But we had freedom and land to run around. And it was really the freedom for yeah. me, especially as a small child, to just get up in the morning and have the autonomy to go decide how my day is going to go and just come back home safely with no worries. I read something Kenyans are known for unity. It's about unity. I have a sense of pride. Yes. Yes. It's really like the whole mentality about like it takes a village to raise a child. I really feel it because I knew all my aunties. They weren't even my aunties. They were just my neighbors. I don't even know if we're really related, but everyone's an auntie. Everyone's an uncle. Everyone can discipline you, but then everyone can also feed you and make sure you're okay and take you home and like, care for you. Man, that's awesome. And then when was the last time you was in Kenya? Last time I was in Kenya was in 2017. So actually around this time. So exactly four years ago. What did you do last time you were in Kenya? Did you kind of do a lot of just family stuff or did you do any tourist stuff? I love traveling. So it's honestly very expensive to go there and to travel. So I took a whole month. And I did visit family, but I also took the opportunity to just explore my country and get to just learn and visit and experience new things. A few of my favorite cities was Mombasa Beach. And we got a hotel right on the beach, like the ocean waves were coming Ooh. right to the wall. And it was not expensive at all. I think in U.S. dollars, we spent about $50 a night. What? So, <laughs> yes. And Oceanfront Beach. Yes. Wow. $50 a Ocean, night? Ocean. Hold on. Yes. And it even had half board. So dinner was included every night. So it was like buffet style dinner. And they would have a show of people doing acrobats and stuff by the pool. Do you remember the name of this hotel? <laughs> I'm pretty sure if I look for it, I can pull it up. But that's the thing. They had all types of hotels side by side. And each one had its own kind of like experience. And they all had the half board. And the prices range. And this is just in the public beach. So there are like more expensive, bougier hotels. But just for $50 a night, I was getting everything that I felt I needed. It was beautiful. Mombasa Beach. Yeah, I read that Kenya has some of the finest beaches in Africa. Was that the only beach you went to while you was there? 
Yes, Mombasa Public Beach was the only beach I went to. But my aunt, the one who won the visa lottery, she actually used to live in Mombasa. And she used to, like, growing up, she always told us the stories about the beaches there and just how nice they are. So I see it, too, because, I mean, like where I was was already so nice. What would you compare it to Florida beaches? No, I don't have a comparison. And I love Florida beaches, but I, I there's nothing I can pull from it. Because it's, it's the ocean, but it's not aggressive as the Atlantic is on this side. It's more like the Gulf, but then it's actual like more waves. It's different. It's nice. The water is kind of more serene and chill uh, yeah. compared to Atlantic. I see you're saying it's more calm. Yeah. Less yeah. waves. Okay. Yeah. That sounds nice. Yeah. Just go out there and chill and you don't have to fight the waves. You just kind of just float there, just yes. hang out, get some fish, you know, from local fishermen, you know, hang out on the beach, just just yeah. ride. Oh, the beach. They have camel rides on the beach. They have um, local children doing like acrobats and flipping. Okay. We wanted to go take a jet ski ride, but we just didn't have the time. And oh, just these are so much fun. Yes, they have like all types of activities right there. And we never even left our hotel. Like we never like got in a vehicle and left. We would just go to the beach and look to see what's happening. <laughs> Everything's just right there. Yes. All, even all coming to you. The other hotels also have restaurants as well. So we had options of food. And even in the nightlife, different hotels had different like nightlife scenes where you could just go and it was outside. So we were just there to, to try and absorb just everything and see as much as we could. Man, that's amazing. And then speaking of food, like what food uh, stood out to you? What dish stood out to you <gasps> when you were here in Kenya? Oh, my goodness. So there's this food called bajias. And it's like a potato, but it's cut like circular. And then they put it in like a batter that's like seasoned different ways. Everyone seasons it different ways. And then they like fry it. They're so good. I don't even know that the seasonings and the spices that they put in there are just so they're so rich and so flavorful. I don't know if you're like cumin or coriander type of seasonings. Yeah. Would you say this is kind of like street food? Uh, you could just get it off of like a stall on the side of the road yes or people make it at home yeah it's very easy street food it's one of my favorite that next to french fries they call them chips because <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy and quick to make and it's just so delicious like when you you can smell it a mile like you smell it and you just track it you're like who's making that <laughs> Yeah, this this reminds me. I just googled it just now. It reminds me of like Indian pakora or like samosas, mm-hmm. except it's in a different form. Yes, we actually share a lot of foods with the Indian cultures. And mm. a few years back, I found out there's a group of Indians who have been living in our in the country for so long that they were recognized as their own tribe, and really? that makes so much sense. The closest food to my food, I would say, is Indian food. From the spices that they use, from the way they make it, and from the types, of, even the samosas. We eat samosas. Some people call them sambusas, but we put meat in Sambusa. there. <laughs> yeah. I like that. So there's so that many. Sounds amazing, though. They brought a lot of their kind of seasonings over when they first immigrated to Kenya. A lot of, yeah. um, it's also the spices a lot of and things like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of trading back and forth and, and just mixing in culture. Even Swahili is, is, no, is known as a, a language that came up as, um, as a result of trade. 
So it's got Arabic influence, like Indian influence, native influence. And then we actually have our each village has its own language. Would you be able to communicate with somebody in the next village over? Or do you have like kind of similar words or not? In the next village over, if they speak Swahili, then everyone communicates using Swahili or English. English is actually our other national language. So um, honestly, some people don't know English or Swahili and they only speak their native tongue. But a lot of people learn the neighbor's native tongue, too. So it's like my uncle, he spoke one language and he understood another language because for business, he needed to be able to negotiate and to trade. So he speaks like five languages. Everyone speaks so many languages. (laughs) (laughs) What are the other languages called? Other than Swahili. Oh, okay. Well, I can tell you mine. So I am a Luya, and my grandmother was a Kikuyu. And the Kikuyu, I believe, is the biggest tribe in Kenya. And they speak Kikuyu. Their language, it's its own complete language. Like, like the way it, the sounds are different, the words. It's not like here where with Spanish and English, you can pull words. You know, everyone's language is really kind of original to them and their culture. And my other tribe, Luya, they speak Luya. And that language, again, is also very different. That was my first language, but I lost that one when I came to America. <laughs> ah, similar to my story. <laughs> like, you know, we, we come to America as a young child and we start losing our heritage and our color, our um, heritage and our color. So to kind of figure out that, what are some of the natural landmarks that you had that were kind of close to your village? Oh, okay. I'm just a few miles away from the equator. Okay. So you could just walk to the equator and just take, yeah. a, take a picture, <laughs> drop a Whoa. geotag at the equator. What's up? <laughs> okay. That's sick. I thought that was hey. the coolest thing Yeah. Because I love science. And so like the magnetic field, you ever seen those videos where at the equator on both sides, if you drop a coin, it spins the opposite direction. What? Don't tell me that's true. Yeah. I thought that was a myth. What? No, it's true. The magnetic is something to do with the Earth's magnetic field. So I don't know. I think it's really cool that I was born next to like, I don't know, I guess like a natural landmark. So the metal is attracted to the the, the magnetic forces of the equator and it makes it spin the other way somehow yeah on different sides of the equator on the north hemisphere and the south hemisphere they spin opposite that's wild yeah yeah that is is pretty cool uh did you get to see the pink flamingos at lake nakuru i know i did not get to see the pink flamingos i did go to nakuru but i didn't go to lake nakuru but I did go to Naivasha and there we did camping and we got to swim like right next to like a group of hippos. Like there was a group of family hippos. They're just floating there, living their lives. And we're like right there on the other side, just jumping in the water. And that was pretty um, exciting. You jumped in the water with hippos? Yeah. <laughs> whoa whoa that's what i thought they were dangerous uh, you were they were just chilling living their best life huh yeah it's like oh y'all y'all stay over there we'll, we'll be over here <laughs> like, in, in africa we've lived with the animals one thing we know is everyone is just trying to mind their own business if we leave them alone they leave us alone yeah don't mess with our kids you know don't mess with <laughs> our side of the lake 
Yeah. Y'all be cool over there. Yeah. <laughs> Invisible line halfway down the lake. Yeah. Oh, That's and also dope. on the way to Naivasha, we did get to see monkeys. They had these all these monkeys on the side of the road. They'd wait wherever, like, there's certain stops where people will sell food and the monkeys would hang around, I guess, you know, trying to get <laughs> some food. <laughs> Yeah. See what they can get. I thought that was also really cool. But yeah, but I didn't get to what, see the pink. What other kind of wildlife did you see um, in Kenya? Like, I, I keep hearing this thing called the Big Four, where uh, it's illegal to hunt them now, um, as of, I think, from the 70s or 80s, I believe, where you're no longer allowed to hunt these Big Four. What are the Big Four? And what are the other type of wildlife is Kenya famous for? You know, it's so funny because we actually use that name for something else. Well, hold on, what's it something else? What's like, I want to know what that is. No, it's it, we use it as a term in, in like we have like kind of like a business agreement where it's like we all come together and we put money together and when someone has an like idea or a help, yeah, they come to the big four, they get the money or whatever. Kind of like a, a savings, but it's it's within us. It's it's just us regulating it, you know? That's dope. Okay. Yeah. But I, I remember that, okay, I believe, I can't remember it off head, but I believe it was like the the lion, the elephant, the... Oh, it's the big five. It's the big five. Big, the big five. Four. Yeah. 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 Um, have you ever been to any of those kind of big game reserves or, uh, you know, those big parks? Ah, yes. So... Because I'm in the eastern province, they don't live where I'm from. But on where they're from is, is like I said, it's a reserve, so it's protected. But there, we have a train, a train that goes from Mombasa all the way to Nairobi. That's the Ooh. capital. Okay. And that train cu- cuts through the reserve. So while we were on the train, I, got, I saw some elephants Ooh. and I saw some giraffes. I saw a ostrich. Okay. I saw an uh, ostrich. ostrich. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I was seeing them from a distance as well because we were on the train, but they were also close enough. They put this kind of like electric fence around so that they don't try and like wander off into where the train is to make sure that they're not in any danger. So they're, they're completely safe. Cool. And it's also the fastest way to cut through. But yeah, I remember I saw the elephants and the giraffes and I remember the ostrich. That one was so nice. I wanted to see like a lion, but I did not see a lion. There is the zoo in Nairobi and you can see some of the big game in the zoo. I w- went to the zoo a long time ago before I came to America. So I don't remember too much about it. But I remember that's actually when I saw like my first lion and t- like all my first like big animals. <laughs> was actually at the zoo. <laughs> Same for most people, really, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> but there's places that you can actually go. I know um, in Masai Mara. I really want to go there. I want to check out the Masai Masai Park. Like I feel like that's where you can find all the wildlife. You know everything. They got elephants, lions, leopards. Man, just the list goes on on giraffes. Yeah, it's incredible. Yes, that's where you would go on a safari and go check them out. Do you know people that have gone on safaris? Yes, actually, my cousin, well, um, she's a close family friend. I consider her family. She just returned last week 
I was trying to see if I could speak to her about some of the new updates since I haven't been there too recent. I saw some of her stories and she she made it. She went on a safari. And fun fact, safari is actually a uh, a Swahili word. It means to go on a long journey. Or just oh, a journey. That's exactly what they are. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Wow, that is beautiful. That's life, isn't it? Isn't life a safari? If you think yeah, about it, yeah. life is a safari. I love that. Life is a safari. <laughs> you know, enjoy yourself because this all oh, this is just a safari. Like yeah. you know, be in the moment. Live your best yeah. life. Yeah. And that's where they have the elephant nursery. Where like, you know, they help like any baby elephants that need help and you can go and you can help them out. And my cousin went to that and they sent me pictures. It was so cute. You get to be with the baby elephants and stuff. And the purpose of it isn't to show off the animal and stuff. It's actually like a rehab center for orphaned elephants or ones that just need extra care. Just a space to grow a little bit before they're released back to the wild. That is beautiful. So for people who want to visit Kenya, uh, what do they need to get there? So to get there, I think the first thing is to really decide what time of the year to go, because the best thing you can do is get tickets early. If you get them early, you can get them at amazing prices. I know people who are getting $600 round trips, $800 round trips. The time they go and they look early and they, they, they're flexible because they're looking so far ahead versus last minute where it can be anywhere from 1500 you know, 1200 1500 to $2,000, depending. That's where the, I feel like the expense is really going to go up. But apart from the ticket, um, making sure that you get a visa getting that approved before traveling and also accommodation, you know, figuring out where you want to stay because, you know, traveling to any foreign country, of course, you want to do your research about what side of this, you know, town you're going to be on to make sure you're in a safe location that has access to the important things that you may need. And what would be the safe location for people Uh, to stay at? Well, for tourists, like the number one place of its landing is Nairobi, which is the capital. And the capital is just like any other city, you know, big buildings. You can catch an Uber. (laughs) Oh, nice. (laughs) They have another one. I think it's called like Taxify because, you know, everyone has their own local one. But yeah, you can catch an Uber or whatever. If you have a hotel, depending on the hotel you're going to, some of them offer shuttles. It's just, you know, do taking the time to kind of really do that little extra research to see where you want. When it comes to the size of like Nairobi, to be honest, when I went, I was just so terrified. My cousin knows the whole city since I'm from there. I just let him guide me and I, I, I made it everywhere. <laughs> but um, I'm not too good with the names but like I said like we are a high tourist country like we really like that's something big for our economy so the options are there and there's like on the plane when I go there there's always so many people saying I love coming here to vacation and they're from Europe and they're from just all different types of parts of the world so I obviously spend a lot of time with my family, but I know that those other options are definitely there and accessible and a lot of people enjoy themselves and they come with packages. I heard CC flies and malaria 
is there a big concern when you go there or is it really not as big as deal as people make it? So with the malaria, it is, especially if you haven't traveled outside of the country before, definitely go and talk to your medical provider about malaria shots and let them know you're traveling out of the country. Because if you get caught with malaria, it could be really bad for you. But so when you go there, a lot of places come with mosquito nets. And if they don't, then they're very cheap and easy to get because they're almost like a necessity for everybody. The mosquito nets, they go over the bed. I remember the hotel that I stayed in Mombasa, it came with its own mosquito net. And I used to just go to bed and just like crawl into the mosquito net that was provided to us by the hotel on top of every single bed. So this is since this is like a health concern, a lot of places take this into account. And uh, especially a lot of like tourist places, they'll definitely have the mosquito nets for you to put over at night while you're sleeping because they're mostly active during the the cooler hours, the nighttime to the early morning time. And then in the daytime, you know, it's not such a big concern if you're not hanging around. It's in, like the environment as well. So when you go and talk to your uh, medical provider about possibly getting a malaria shot, there's also the option of getting malaria pills that you can take with you so that you can have them with you when you go and you don't have to start wondering where the hospital is or who to communicate with. Especially when you're traveling out of the country, there's a lot of doctors uh, who will already tell you what kind of vaccines you need or what shots you need to make sure you're in the best conditions to go. Okay, so they already they already figured it out for all the tourists. Like you said, Kenya is one of the highest tourist spots in Africa. So this has kind of already been delved into, and it's, it's already, there's already solutions everywhere, all sorts of solutions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's good. And would you say that like you can travel alone in Kenya uh, as a first time you've ever been there? You know, kind of as a foreigner, it, it would be pretty easy to travel alone. I guess if you travel alone, I would say just like restrict yourself to the more tourist areas just to prevent the possibly getting lost or just anything. Again, you're in a foreign country. As much as I love my country, there's just bad people everywhere. So you you want to be mindful of that. To be honest, like if we had just flown there, taken the train to Mombasa, stayed in our hotel for a whole week, taken another train back to Nairobi and flown out, we wouldn't have had to do anything. Everything would have just kind of been there. We already know where to go and what to do. That was really nice. I would recommend that for a solo trip, to be honest. But to just wander around the city, I mean, if... Have a plan, basically. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. Figure out what you want to see, what you want to do, and then just yeah. uh, figure out, like, boom, boom, boom. Kind of have an itinerary for yes. Kenya. Yes. Okay. And, you know, if you're not comfortable with the public transportation or don't know how the system works, like I said, there's Uber and just know what, what kind of options you have. Though You can rent a driver and have a driver from, like, a respectable company come and pick you up. It's really not that expensive compared to, like, here. What are some type of cultural practices that the Kenyan peoples uh, have? Because we're all different tribes, each tribe kind of has its own like little things. But for all of us as a whole, it's just kind of like the holidays that we celebrate, you know, Independence Day and 
What is the best time to go to Kenya? Oh, yes. So the best time to go to Kenya is actually in the winter months. So in December, it's actually summer in Kenya. So by summer, I mean, we have two seasons. We have the wet season and the dry season. So in December is the dry season. And that's when a lot of people go, to be honest. But that's also when tickets are higher. So that would be like if you want the climate versus the expenses but if you want to save a little bit more money you can go in the summer and which would be the wet season it's just going to be a little bit more wet it's going to rain a little bit more and such but it's still going to be nice and still going to be enjoyable a little bit cooler but also maybe cooler is what you want so maybe it's what you need and it's also like a little less expensive, but if you always plan six months ahead, you can get really good prices on tickets. <laughs> Moral of the story, plan ahead. Yes, <laughs> please. And if you do, you'll have an amazing trip. What are some kind of things that you'd want outsiders to know about Kenya? I want them to know that Kenya is accessible. Uh, growing up in America, one thing I constantly heard was my friends constantly tell me that they wish they could go to Kenya. And a lot of people say that they want to go one day, they want to get there. And it's a lot of wanting, but a lot of fear holding them back because they don't know what to expect. And you can take all that away by honestly just planning ahead. A lot of information you can Google, you can call them, or you can get a, like a travel agent to help you out if that's too much stress. But Kenya is very accessible. Kenya is where the safari is. So all those people who want to say they love the Lion King, they want to go on a safari, like that's Kenya. Like, and we have the beaches. It's beautiful. It's tropical, right by the equator, and it's. The people are welcoming like Kenyans as a culture. We were always taught like to like welcome everybody. We even have a saying it's called Hodi. <laughs> people come to the door and they knock. They're like Hodi. And we say Karibu, which is welcome. And for the longest time, I tried to translate Hodi into like a way that would make it understand because it's not like a knock of saying like saying like hello. But for us, when you knock and say Hodi, like in the village, you just knock and come in because you know you're already welcome and That's beautiful. It, it's like that too like we love we love getting to see new people new faces we want to hear your stories especially if you're from america because of all the the hype like we they want to know everything like ooh, what's america like how's america like what is this what they want to know what's different it's just people like you know like we all just we're all just trying to get to know each other and live together and build a life for ourselves so it's very accessible and it, the culture is very unique and i feel like it's very enjoyable and the animals <laughs> are cool yeah Beautiful people, beautiful wildlife, you know, just vibes. People come to Kenya and just realize that it was nothing like they expected at all. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's the best thing, just going to a new country and have zero expectations. Just going there and just experiencing that country for the first time without doing a bunch of YouTube videos and just like talking to a bunch of people and saying, all right, this is what it's supposed to be, hyping it up for this thing and hyping it up mm -hmm. for that thing. and. You know, you want to have zero expectations when you go out there. So you, your your reaction will be genuine. Mm -hmm. Your first impression of it is genuine. You'll be like blown away even more so than if you had already known about what to expect before you got there. You know, mm -hmm. 
We heard Kenyans prefer to drink tea. Yes, yes. <laughs> My uncle, everyone is half addicted to it. <laughs> what kind of tea do y'all drink? What kind of tea are y'all addicted to? <laughs> okay, so we grow Kenyan black tea. Like the actual tea leaf is called Kenyan black tea. And it's the bomb.com, first of all. The way we make it, we make the black tea where it's just the tea leaves with um sugar or honey or black. Some people like it black. Or we do the chai, which is the tea. It has um, milk and water. That's from the Indian influence. Uh, the influence yeah. and then I'd like yeah. to some people spice it a little bit. It's so crazy when I see like trends Spiced in America chai. that we've been doing like our we've whole lives. I've been we used to use it instead of butter because it was free. It was right there. And then now I'm like avocado toast. I was like, wait. Uh, <laughs> y'all charging ten dollars for some avocado on bread? <laughs> I had that for breakfast yeah. at like five years old. <laughs> but even that, some some Ooh. avocado toast with some chai. Oh mm. my god, like even like that's a great way to start your day. Just bread with tea. We you have to have the bread with the tea. It's like <laughs> a perfect marriage. And the butter that we have that everyone knows is called blue bond. And those who know, they know that <laughs> and it's <laughs> Wow, you guys are. I want some tea and bread right now. Me too. Like what? Where, where do I? I'm about to search Kenyan tea right now. Yes. Where can I find some? Actually, you can Sounds find amazing. it. Amazing. I'm back. You can definitely find it because okay, so tea started growing because we were colonized by the British. So a lot of British import our tea. So sometimes I go to like the international store to get tea because I don't I run out of my Kenyan tea. I go for the British one because it'll say British slash Kenyan black tea. I'm like this one. Mm, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. You know. <laughs> um, but we're also known for our coffee. Our coffee is oh. known more on the luxurious side. It's a very high-end coffee, actually. At the time, I was not a coffee drinker when I was there. I've never been a big coffee drinker except when I was working at the pharmacy. So I don't have too much reviews. But tea, tea is a staple. Anytime you visit somebody, the first thing is, let me make some tea. You invite somebody to your house. Uh, come over for a cup of tea. For tea, you know I mean? yes. That, yeah. That's also what we do. That's like, just come, we drink tea, and we talk, we socialize. What a dope culture. Yeah. It's just like, it's it's a community, you know, social. <laughs> yes. My uncle Beautiful. used to say, anytime is tea time, and they like it scolding hot. <laughs> <laughs> You're making me nostalgic for a kid yet. I've never even been there. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give me a cup of Kenyan tea with the neighbors. You know. Yes, actually. I remember when. Yeah, crazy. In the future, just know that I'm working on that. I want to be able to bring people and let them experience yes. my culture. You know the way. That's an amazing goal. Bring Kenya to Americans. Yeah. You know, well, no. I'm show them your country. People from the world to Kenya. Even better. Show them your homeland. You know. Yes. Show them your homeland. Yes. I thought, how nice would it be if, you, when you go to Kenya, like the way you guys were asking all these questions, is if you had your own private guide. You already know who they are ahead of time. You already know your schedule, your itinerary, and then when you get here, you have someone to speak for you on your behalf and take you down all the local stuff. Take you down the local transportation to, you know, some local foods that have already been vetted. 
to make sure that they're good and just experience. the real Kenya. Yeah. You know, yeah. Kenya without the stress, Kenya without having to like worry about logistics and schedules yeah. and X, Y, and Z. That's awesome. Like, yeah, that's going to be an amazing time. Yeah. Well, Karen, where can the people find and learn more about you? You can find me on Instagram at Paradise Wishes. I'm actually, funny enough, going to start doing lives. So thank you so much for allowing Ooh. me to come here and talk with you. I just want to get to connect with the people and to talk just on things like this, just on things that help us build each other as a community, especially in a time where everyone feels so separated and isolated. We can welcome each other into each other's community and get to know each other and talk about real life things you know real life places just talk have some tea you know i'm inviting everyone for tea <laughs> tea and dialogue yes with karen i love it yes yes thank you well that's about wraps it up thanks for listening to the appearance a podcast for people that want to explore the world and make traveling a part of their lifestyle don't forget to follow us on social media it's at your parents on all platforms. Peace. Right. Peace.